Good morning, everyone. This is Kathleen De La Hunt, and it's week 14 of Rising Up as Sons of God. Today, I want to talk to you about an open heaven, a portal or a gate, whichever it is you like to use the terminology of, but the ability to be living in two realms at the same time. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. So we see that we are in this world, but we're not of this world, and that we have an ability to be seated with Christ in heavenly realms. Now, to be able to explain that to you, I just want to look at a few scriptures this morning. The first one is John 3 verse 3. You know, before we were born again, the Bible says that we were dead in our transgressions, which means that our spirit man was dead and we were not able to connect with God. We were not able to enter into the third heaven. When that door was shut on Adam and Eve and they could no longer enter in and, and a cherubim was put at that gate to be able to stop them entering in. From that day until Jesus came, man was not able to reconnect with heaven and to enter in to the kingdom of heaven. But we know that the reason that Jesus died was to bridge that again and to be to open the gate so that we could enter in. If I can describe it to you like this, you know, the sun is always shining during the day, but some days you can't see it because there's a big cloud cover that separates you from the sun. It doesn't mean the sun is not shining. And in the same way, the portal of the open heaven has always been there. But unfortunately, when we don't know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, there is a black cloud that's been painted over it and we cannot see it and we cannot find it it's like seeing a window and painting it black and you cannot see through that window and that's exactly what it's like and what i want to explain to you is this that god has given us a window to be able to see with spiritual eyes into the spiritual heaven and that window is called our imagination it's called the canvas of our imagination and that canvas of our imagination is tainted and dirty and filthy before we get to know Jesus but then he washes the window clean so that we can see through and we can see the kingdom of heaven now I just want to read to you from John 3 in John 3 3 it says I tell you the truth that no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's been born again so before we ask Jesus to come into our life we cannot see that there's another way of living. We cannot see through the window. That window has been painted black and we're not able to see through it. But the moment that we ask Jesus to come into our life, suddenly it's as if the blood of Jesus has washed the window and we can look in and we can see that there's another way of living, that there's another kingdom. But friends, we are still standing outside. Now, I want you just to use your imagination a little bit. Imagine if you come home and you're standing outside your house and you're standing in the rain and you're standing in the wind and you're cold and you're miserable. But you look through the window and you can see that there's a fire burning in the fireplace and you can see that there's another place of being safe and being warm and being cozy. But the trouble is you can't enter in because of the fact that right now you can only see that there's another way of living now that's what happens when we accept jesus into our hearts and that's what happens when we become born again through the power of the blood of jesus suddenly we're standing in the world experiencing the conditions of the world experiencing the atmosphere of the world experiencing the temptation of the world but we can look through a window and we can see that there's another way of living but then it says in john 3 verse 5 
But I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of the spirit. So then Jesus goes on to say to Nicodemus, listen, the moment you accept me as your Lord and Savior, you will be able to see that there is another kingdom. But you cannot enter into that unless you are born of water, which means you are baptized and, and covenanted back to the Father, because we have to be covenanted back to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Adam and Eve were in relationship with God Elohim, and Elohim means multiple God. They were in a relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when they left Eden and the door was shut on them, the covenant was broken, the relationship was broken between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they've got to be restored back to all three which enables them to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus says to Nicodemus and John, Nicodemus, for you to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you have to be born again by the power of my blood, you have to be spirit-filled, and you have to be baptized to be able to enter in. Okay, so now that is very clear for us to understand that we've got a seal covenant again with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now in John 10 verse 9 and 10, Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the portal. I am the opening. I am the door. I am the gate. Jesus is the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. Now I want you to understand that Jesus says I'm the gate. To be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you've got to come through me. But listen to what he says. He says, you will go in and you will come out. Now, if it was just going in, he could be talking about the day that we die and go to heaven because we will go into heaven through the gate. But he's not talking about going in. He says, going in and coming out, going in and coming out. So once again, I want you to think back on that little picture of it's raining outside. It's miserable, cold weather. The wind is blowing. You're sopping wet. You can look through the window because your eyes have been opened by the blood of Jesus to see the kingdom of heaven. You can see the beautiful warm fire inside. You can see that it's calm and cool and wonderful and warm inside. And now you have the ability to go through the door because you've accepted Jesus. You've been blood washed. You've been spirit filled. And Jesus says, I'm the gate. I'm the door. Come in. And we can go into that place. Now, friends, that place is called our secret place. That place is called the third heaven. That place is called green pastures. That is what he talks about in Psalm 23. When he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. It's entering into rest, friends. It's entering into that place where we are in direct connection with the spirit of heaven, with heaven, with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit, with all the angels, with the cherubim that are around the throne. It is entering in to the third heaven. It's being seated with Christ in heavenly places. And he says, come in, I'm the gate, come in, and you will come in and you will go out. So why does he say you'll come in and go out? Because he's telling us that we need to spend time coming into his presence, being refreshed, being restored, being revived, being filled with the, with the presence of heaven. You know, it says in um, 
Romans 14 verse 17, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when we enter into that green pasture, when we enter into that that quiet place, into that secret place, the first thing that happens is he restores our soul. That's what it says in Psalm 23. If you want your soul restored, friends, enter into the presence of God. And then we get filled with the atmosphere of heaven. And the atmosphere of heaven is righteousness, which means being in right standing with God. Peace, shalom, the fullness of peace. And peace is far more than just being quiet and being still in your heart. It's the abundance. It's the grace. It's the glory. It's the peace. It's the calm. It's the atmosphere of being absolutely secure in Jesus. And joy in his presence is fullness of joy. We get filled with joy in the presence of God. And he fills us up with that incredible ability to be able to stand in the atmosphere of heaven. But then it says in Luke 17 verse 21, the kingdom of God is within you. So he floods us with the atmosphere of heaven, righteousness, peace, and joy. And then he says, now go out. And my friends, I want to tell you, so many of us live on the outside of the window, looking in, wishing that we were inside. We're knocking on the door. We're shouting at God. We're trying to get him to listen to us. We're begging God, begging God for our prayer requests. And he's saying, why are you doing that? Don't you know you can come in? And you can come and sit at my fire and come and warm your heart and come and enjoy my presence and my peace and come and put your problems on the altar and just come and spend time with me and I will restore you and I will revive you and I will fill you up and I will absolutely refresh you and I will heal your soul. And then you can go out again and you can go and face what it is you have to face, being absolutely full with heaven. And then friends, when you start feeling depleted, you need to go back in again and be get refreshed and be restored and be made whole and be healed but there's a problem friends when we're standing at the window or at the door on the outside I want to tell you that is the most chaotic place to be because it says in John 10 verse 10 the thief comes only to steal to kill and destroy but I've come that you may have life and have it to the full so where is Jesus standing he's the gate and he says come in Come inside. Come in. And how do we go in? Through the through the window of our imagination, friends, as we close our eyes and we start worshiping and we start connecting with heaven and we enter into that place and we enter into the shalom, the righteousness and the joy of heaven. And there's an absolute atmosphere shift and we are no longer bombarded by the chaos and the confusion of this world. And we enter into that place in heaven and we before the throne of the Father. And we just put our problems on the altar as we worship him and we love him and we care for him. And he just floods us with more of heaven's atmosphere and then we go out. But friends, at that gate, at that gate, as we're trying to enter in, that's where the enemy stands. And he comes to steal and he comes to kill and he comes to destroy. And friends, he spends all of his time reminding you of how bad you've been, making you feel guilty, making you feel inadequate, making you feel like you don't deserve to go in. He stands there tempting us. He stands there accusing us. He stands there throwing stones at us. He stands there. It's the biggest area of chaos and confusion. And I often say to people, if you're always in spiritual warfare, change position change position. If you feel like you're under attack, change position. Why are you positioning yourself at the gate when you can go in? 
Why are you positioning yourself in the area of the greatest warfare and confusion when you can go in? I remember many years ago I was in India and I said to God, God, I don't understand this. When I'm in South Africa, where I come from, there's such incredible warfare happening in the spirit realm because you can feel the onslaught of of, of, of darkness and light clashing and, and crashing and the confusion of that happening. But now I am in India in the midst of of paganism in the midst of, of Hinduism, and it's peaceful. And suddenly I saw a vision, and in the vision God showed me this. He said, the greatest turbulence is where the water of the ocean and the beach of the ocean meet. It's where the waters break onto the beach. There's a continuous smashing of waves onto the beach, and there's a turbulence that happens there because there are two realms that are touching and connecting at that place. But as you go deeper into the waters, it gets more and more peaceful. And as you go further back onto the onto the land, it gets more more peaceful and God said that's what it's like at the gate you see my friends the greatest turmoil the greatest confusion is when we're standing at the gate entering into the kingdom of heaven the enemy works so hard there to try and stop us it's just like where the land and the ocean meet there's such turbulence and my friends if you're always under attack and you're always feeling like the enemy's trying to get at you and you're always feeling like you can't move and you can't breathe and there's condemnation and there's confusion and you're just being bombarded and 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 battered all the time change position go in go in how do we go in we just fix our eyes on jesus the author and the finisher of our faith we fix our mind on christ and we enter in you close your eyes you see jesus in 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 psalm 23 you see him standing before you and you let him take you into his green pasture and let him restore your soul and my friends it's the most amazing thing because as we close our eyes and we visualize psalm 23 and we connect with Jesus, suddenly we've gone through that gate and we've entered inside. And my friends, we don't get there through effort. We don't get there through struggle. We don't get there by taking um, the bombarding thoughts and trying to control them. We get them by fixing our eyes on Jesus. He is the gate. Just walk up to the gate and open it and go in because he says I am the gate and anyone who comes in and go out they will find pasture and my friends we can go in and we can go out anytime and you have to know if you're always under onslaught and always under attack you positioned in the wrong place change position now I want you to understand that because that's what happens when we're in church. Suddenly we get bombarded. When we're trying to worship, suddenly we get bombarded. When we're trying to get closer to God, suddenly we get bombarded. We've got to understand the greatest turmoil is at the at the at the entrance of the two realms meeting. And that's why the enemy works so hard to stop us entering into rest. Because once we've gone into rest and once we've entered into the kingdom of heaven, he has no chance of winning because we have just been filled with righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. My friends, when you start worrying and feeling anxious, it's because you're standing at the gate don't worry. Don't be anxious. Don't let your mind go all over the place. Don't allow the enemy to bombard you with torment and fear and chaos and confusion and condemnation. Just fix your eyes on Jesus and go in 
through the gate because that's the that's the privilege that we have and once you've done that friends you will realize and you will discover that three quarters of the things we worry about never ever happen because the enemy is a deceiving liar and what he puts in our mind and what he puts across our life is lies and deception now when we're standing at the door trying to reach God we feel like we can't reach him and we're shouting and we're begging and we we're trying to Beg him to do things from earth up. And then we just beg her saying, please, can you answer my prayers? Please, can you answer my prayers? Please, can you answer my prayers? When are you going to answer my prayers? But he hasn't called us to be beggars. He's called us to be children of God. He's called us to be sons of God. He's called us to enter in as his sons and to speak to him. And once we learn how to just go through that door, enter into the kingdom of heaven, how to find pasture, We literally just take all of our problems and we say, God, these are the things I'm battling with, but they're your problems, not mine, because I don't know what to do, but you know exactly what to do. And I'm just going to worship you. I'm just going to worship you while you worry about these problems. And as we worship him, friends, we are empowered and we are absolutely filled with peace and love and graciousness. And then And then as we turn around and we come out the gate and we face the world, we're full of the solution, we're full of hope, we're full of faith because our heart's been restored, friends. And we can go out into the world and we can go pour out Him, His righteousness, peace and joy wherever we go. And then you know it is well with my soul. And when you feel chaos and confusion and you feel every other emotion that the world out there has, you know it's not you. And you can say, well, God, it is well with my soul. I'm full of righteousness, peace, and joy. So what I'm picking up now, it's not me. It's I'm picking up the atmosphere. I'm picking up what people are battling with. I'm picking up the things. And then we become powerful friends to be able to pray the right prayers. And so I want to say to you, don't stand outside the door, in the weather, in the storm, in the chaos, looking through the window, shouting at God, and wondering why he doesn't hear your prayers. Enter in. And let him absolutely flood you with the atmosphere of heaven. So now many of you will say, well, how do I enter in? How do I enter in? I still feel like I'm the one standing, looking. I've accepted Jesus. I have been filled with the Holy Spirit. I have been baptized, but I'm still feeling like I'm looking through the window, trying to enter in. Well, that's a wonderful question because it tells us in Psalm 100, it says, shout for joy to the Lord, all you earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us. We are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So as you're standing at the gate and the enemy's making a lot of noise and a lot of confusion, the first thing God says is shout for joy, shout for joy, make a noise. Why must we make a noise? Because when we're standing at the door, the enemy's screaming loud, anxiety, fear, condemnation and by making a noise by shouting for joy you are silencing the voice of the evil one and then it says in verse 4 I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart how do we enter in friends we start thanking God for what he's done thank him thank him that you can breathe thank him that you've got a home thank you that you've got friends thank him thank him for anything you can think about thank him for the shoes on your feet just thank him why Why are you doing that? Because friends, thanksgiving is the key to unlock the gate to be able to go in. Once you've got 
got access to the gate. We have a tiny little key called Thanksgiving that gives us the right to enter in any time we want to. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. So make a noise to silence the enemy and then start thanking God for what he's done. Just thank him. Thank you for giving me food. Thank you for giving me air. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank you. Get a grateful heart. Get a heart that is absolutely overflowing with gratitude, friends. And while you thanking him, suddenly you will experience an atmosphere shift. And as that atmosphere shifts you've just entered into his courts and you have just moved out of off the shore of the beach you've just moved out of the realm of the of the first heaven and you've entered into the courts of the third heaven the bible then says in verse 4 and his courts with praise enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise give thanks to him and praise his name and it's the most amazing thing is we just start praising god you praise him for who he is you thank him for what he's done and you praise him for who he is i praise you that you're my father i praise you that you're almighty i praise you and you praise him for every single thing that he is, friends. You just praise him and praise him and praise him. And as you do that, once again, you'll start feeling an atmosphere shift. And you'll go deeper into the waters. And you'll start experiencing uh, the change of the flow of heaven. And then it says we go into Tehillah praise or high praise. And that's when you can start feeling the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, just coming and overwhelming you. And then, friends, we go into worship. As we enter right behind that curtain that Jesus came to tear into the Holy of Holies. That's when we are just so in awe at the presence of God and the glory of God. That is the most powerful place on earth, friends. There's no place on earth more powerful than entering into the Holy of Holies. Entering into the glory. Entering into that place where we are absolutely overwhelmed by the Father's glory. We can't even hardly breathe. It's just so amazing. It's so quiet and it's so peaceful. And all you are aware of is the absolutely overflowing love of the Father for you. And you're so aware of how incredibly big God is. And we walk out of their friends so empowered. We've just been in glory. And you bring glory to earth. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we bring that back with us, friends. And we go into the world and we face what we need to face. And then the moment we start feeling a little bit depleted, we just go back in there again. And you can go back in there as many times as you want to, friends. And you come and draw strength from the very presence of God. And I want to say to you today, so many of us are standing at the window looking in, knowing that there's another way of living, but we don't know how to get there. And while we're standing at the window looking in, the enemy's condemning us and criticizing us and breaking us down and telling us how terrible we are. I learned a long time ago, be very comfortable with your weaknesses. Be very honest about where you're not and who you're not. Because the moment that you're honest about who you're not, the enemy can throw any accusation at you and it's got no landing pad. It doesn't make any difference because you already know. When he says you're useless, you say, yes, I know. When he says you're no good, you say, yes, I know. When he says you're just a nothing, you say, yes, I know. Because you see, my friends, I am nothing, but Christ in me is everything. I am useless, but where I am weak, he is strong. And the more the enemy throws accusations at you, the more you say, yes, I know, the less it can hurt you and the less you go into defense. 
and then friends, you start making an incredible noise. You shout, shouting for joy. God, I love you. I love you. I'm pulling down every thought that's not your thought. I love you. And you start thanking him, friends. And you start entering into the deeper waters of the kingdom of heaven. And I want to tell you, friends, most Christians don't know how to enter in because they didn't know they could. But Jesus came so that we could be positioned in two realms at the same time. Jesus came so that we were able to be seated with the Father and be in the presence of the Father and see things from heaven's perspective and pray from heaven's perspective down and chat to the Father about releasing heaven into situations as sons and not to live as beggars standing at the window, knocking at the window, begging that someone will hear us. We've got to change position, friends. And if you're always feeling like you're under attack, why are you positioned at the gate when you can go through the gate? Why are you standing in the wrong place? And then I want to add one more scripture that I'd like to read to you today. And that's a scripture from Malachi 2. And this is also where Malachi speaks about the open heaven or the open portal. And this is where he talks about the fact of our finances. And my friends, I really want to just explain this to you today. Why is finances connected to an open heaven? Well, Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You can't serve mammon and God. You can't serve money and God. Now we know that the love of money is the root of all evil. Money's not evil. Money is a means for us to do many things. It's not evil. But the point is that when we serve money, that's when we have a problem because that's when money is our master. Malachi 2 verse 7b says, Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how do you rob me? In tithes and offerings you are under the curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your field will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be the, a delightful land says the lord almighty now isn't it amazing that with all the open heavens that there's an open heaven that is linked to our finances you see my friends when you are stingy when you hold on to your money when you think it's your money when you think that somehow you've got control of it god says you live under the curse and it's not the curse that he's put on you it's the curse that money puts on you mammon the god of money puts a curse on you but when we recognize that God is the God of all of our provision and it all belongs to him. And I always say that 100% of everything that I have is God's. And he is so kind because he gives me 90% back. And friends, that's the way we've got to look at it. It's not how can I give God 10% and do I give him 10% before deductions or after deductions? No, friends, you give him 100%. And then he gives you back 90%. And as we are prepared to wolf willingly to sow our finances in tithing and in giving, God just opens the floodgates of heaven. Friends, you see, our lives have to be like a fountain. As we get in, we've got to give out. And as we give out, we'll get more in. And God says, I will 
open the floodgates of heaven and I will pour blessing on you, but not only on you, but on everything you do. And you know what, friends? The moment that we are prepared to make God the God of our finances and to give willingly and generously into the storehouse, God pours out blessing. And he says, you can test me in this. You can test me in this. Now, isn't this amazing that not only can we go in to get our soul restored, not only can we go in to be have our prayers answered, not only can we go in to be refreshed, revived, to be flooded with the kingdom of heaven, but the moment that we take our finances into the storehouse, God blesses us abundantly. And I want to say this to you. It's, not, it's a hot attitude. It says, give according to what you've decided in your heart. Don't give with the condition of I want back. I'm giving you this and I'm expecting a multifold return. No, friends. We give because we want to thank God for who he is and what he's done. The rest is up to him. And our heart has to be, God, I just want to pour this back because you've been so good to me. Now, it says to your storehouse, what is your storehouse? It's the place that you eat and it's the place that you grow and it's the place that you receive the feeding that is causing you to be growing in the things of God. I remember our pastor once said, you know, it's it's incredible how many people go and they eat at Wimpy and they have an most amazing meal and then they cross the road and they go and pay McDonald's for the, the meal that they had at Wimpy. You see, my friends, so many of us give the money to the places that we traditionally think we have to give it because it's religious. When God has said, where did you eat? What's given you your meal? What's filled you up? What's caused you to grow? That's where you put your money, into the storehouse, so that his house has got food. And you know, friends, that every single person that spends time and effort to get together a message to cause you to grow has to have a provision. And God is the one that is their provision. But how is God their provider? Through the finances that the children of God pour into the storehouse. So it's really important that we understand He owns everything we have. And out of his kindness, he gives us 10% back. And as we have a generous heart in sowing, friends, it's another open heaven that pours abundantly into our lives. God has opened the heavens of the kingdom of heaven for us. He's given us a direct connection into the third heaven, into the spirit realm, into the realm that he lives, into the realm where he's seated on his throne. He's given us a direct connection. It's not something we have to wait for until the day we die. Friends, it's for now. You can come in and you can go out. Why? Because we need to live from the kingdom of God to be able to cope on this earth. And I want to tell you, friends, if you're always in confusion and chaos, you're positioned in the wrong place, you're positioned at the gate, enter in. If you're always living in lack, it's because you have still made mammon your God. You see, you don't have to have a lot of money to make mammon your God. You've just always got to be thinking about money. But the moment that we say, God, it's yours, and we start using it wisely according to the kingdom of righteousness, and we become good stewards of our money, and we let him be the God of our money, and he gives us 90% back, and we go and we give into the place that we fed. That's the only time that I can find where God says, test me in this. Test me. If you make me your God and money's not your God, I will open the floodgates of heaven and you will live in blessing and not only you, but your crops and everything you do will be blessed. Oh, beautiful friends, 
I wanted to talk to you today about the fact that we do not live in a world with a far-off God that we've got to shout at and a far-off God who's waiting to punish us. We live in a world where we have access to the Father any time we want to. Don't stand at the window looking in, banging and shouting. Don't think there is no window. Jesus is the gate. We have access any time we want to. How do we enter in? With thanksgiving in our hearts, with praise and with worship. And when you allow God to be the God of your finances, the spiritual blessings will pour into your life. God bless you so abundantly. And I really pray that you will have an adventure this week of entering through the gate and entering into the, into the kingdom of heaven so that you too can be seated with Christ in heavenly places. Until we meet again, goodbye.